I would like to welcome you to the USF Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the USF Podcast. I'm here with uh, Miss Ava Diamond of her company, uh, Diamond Development. How are you doing today? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So before we get into what Diamond Development does and how that company operates, let's discuss uh, your journey, uh, your long journey that you've had over your great career. Um, let's start. How did you get to Columbia University? How was that and how did you get entry into that school? Thanks for asking that. Um, in fact, with your audience being entrepreneurs um, or being interested in the life of an entrepreneur, this is a, a powerful story that shaped my direction um, in that in order to get to Columbia University, which is you know one of those fancy Ivy League schools, I had to take the long road, the long road being... Um, you know, I started out as a painfully shy girl in middle school. Mm -hmm. I had to, I chose to overcome my shyness, went in the complete opposite direction, moved the needle to the other side and mm -hmm. became, you know, the most social human being in high school, much to the demise of my parents because my academics suffered significantly. And I had to start to prove myself. So I learned what it meant to prove myself and earn my way um, as a young adult or a late adolescent young adult, and I went uh, to two years of college to to earn the right from my parents to go across country to USC undergrad. And the long story short of how I wound up at Columbia um, for my master's is that when I was in California, I was intending on becoming a, a newscaster, a journalist, and I was in school for communication and broadcasting and I had my first job in the entertainment field and I was so disillusioned with how people were treating each other yeah. that I left that industry and and here's part the part of you know the second part of of my journey that I would love for your listeners to grab hold of which is that in order to be the best at anything you do it has to be authentic Okay. And so I developed, you know, first overcame my shyness to pull out my authentically vibrant, and I'm not saying that as a compliment to myself, but I am a dynamic person. I love being, you know, engaged in the world in a vibrant way um, and allowed myself to grow that way and then balanced it out with, you know, who I was meant to be academically by working hard, then learned about myself in my first go at what I thought was going to be a career path with media. And mm -hmm. I accidentally stepped into a role. I thought I was going to become a camp counselor. It was actually a counselor for emotionally disturbed children. Wow. And I fell in love with that world mm -hmm. of, of, of helping children in particular, in that case, um, learn how to better manage their minds and their behaviors, their emotions and their um, choices. And from there, I, I went through uh, at USC, completed there, started some graduate classes at Pepperdine and then decided, you know what, I'm going for the full master's and, and applied to Columbia um, and got into that school. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you about that time with with those children when you were doing that. Um 
what were you seeing in those those cases that drew you so much into that field that you enjoyed it so much? Well, you know, it became a passion. And anytime you tap into a passion, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, it, it makes your whole being kind of uh, electrified um, in that the rewards of the work that I was doing were evident in these children's uh, connection with other people. They were able to have relationships that were healthier. They were grateful um, because they had someone who, you know, worked to understand them better and help them grow during really hard times. So, you know, there was, you know, early on in my career, like many people who get into the mental health professions, um, there's a heartwarming experience, you know, that from, from helping people yeah. that way, you know, and then it becomes, you know, as you learn clinically, sorry about that noise. Oh, you're fine. But go ahead. You said you're helped clinically. Yeah. So you, you, you become, you know, it becomes fulfilling at a, at a professional level and a personal level. Yeah. But then as you, you know, learn, hopefully as you learn, and when I train other therapists to be better therapists, you know, certainly it's part of that is to, um, really expand your skill base in helping people tap into their own fulfillment. And, and it doesn't, it's not about, it's not about you anymore, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just to just, go backtrack a little bit, cause you know, you said something there that I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, don't value as much or should um, networking. You said in high school, right? That you had this, you were shy. You, you didn't really talk too much uh, to people, but there, there was a moment where you felt that you needed to network and, and move and talk to people. How did you come to that conclusion? Well, that was actually, um, at 12 years old. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, that was the first time that I realized that we could choose to transform if we want to, we Mm. can choose to tap into our, our internal resources, what I call them, expand our external resources and maximize who we're supposed to be. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. So going back to where you were in your story, you get into Columbia university, right? And you start your work. Um, how long was the degree path? Two years uh, for that particular program? It's a, it was a three-year program three for year me. Program. Um, and what happened there also was that I had an internship that brought me into the world of addiction treatment. Okay. And again, I fell in love with the work, mm-hmm. um, helping people to overcome the challenge of addiction and all that goes along with it, learning a lot about trauma and how that, that really is the underlying root cause of so many uh, addictive behaviors. And I found that program development was, you know, something that fueled my fire as well. And so I got into blending clinical expertise with educational and therapeutic support programming. Um, I think that the most important part about finding a niche is that you're for me anyway, and I would recommend for anybody who has an entrepreneurial bent that the whole idea is that you develop your niche and you hone it at the same time you you figure out how to make it unique from what's already out there. Yeah. Um, and that requires a little bit, it, you know, going back to your networking, finding 
the smartest people you can find, the most innovative people you can find, and building relationship with them, mm-hmm. um, and then blending together, you know, your expertise and your personality. Um, and that's what I did all along from, from way back in the beginning. And, and it's also, you know, with the reason why I was, um, advanced, you know, I kept being offered promotions in different hospitals and education institutions because I demonstrated that kind of growth personally and professionally. So let's talk about, you know, growing through that time postgraduate, uh, when you, when you're getting into more trauma programs, you know, this is something I, you know, anyone probably listening to this podcast would probably ask, you know, how do you know you're building your skill set, right? Like growing as a person instead of just doing the daily grind of the job, right? Because now you've graduated, you, you've you studied everything and you're going case by case. But how do you know you're growing? Is it is it something that you can you felt like you could track that hey, I'm getting better as this is going on or just I'm doing what I'm expected to do at the particular point? Uh, that I'm employed at. Okay, so, so growth professionally and personally, mm-hmm. um, you know, there there are measures that you that you have for yourself, and then there's the concrete measures of whoever you might be working for, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, of course. Um, so you're talking about how do you measure yourself? How do you know that exactly. you're actually exactly growing yourself? Yeah. Um, so it's not about the validation from others directly through, you know, uh, supervisor's feedback, but it is about the validation of outcomes of your work, right? And so, you know, I don't, I've worked with over, you know, several thousands of people over the last, keep in mind, you know, I'm 52 years old and, you know, I've been in the field for 30 years. I've, I've worked with a lot of people and I can tell you that I have, you know, stories that I will remember from day one about the successes. I don't own other people's successes, though, in my field or their failures. I, I don't even do that with my own children, quite frankly. Um, but I do consider myself uh, blessed to be able to witness the progress of other people. And so if you're looking at, you know, how do you know you're growing? Yeah, I know yeah. I'm, I'm growing I know that I'm continuing to grow because I take a certain level of healthy risk and I I put it out there and I get the feedback that someone found it useful or people want to you know want to know more um, and uh, you know even to this day that's what happens for me um, so it, again it's it's about paying attention to how you're impacting the world around you yeah. with what you're doing so that and that leads me to, I guess the the personal growth part. That leads me to why at I I know this my listeners don't know, but you explain about it. So why at forty seven you decided to go into uh, doing bodybuilding competitions competitively? Okay, yeah, it's it, that's a perfect example of taking healthy risk to expand, you know, oneself. So the story goes, I'll tell it briefly because I tell it so often in, in case anybody's read about it. Or um, The story goes that my, my high school aged son at the time was going out for the golf team for the third year in a row and, and he hadn't made it the other years. 
And as a mama bear, I was like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> Please, no more pain and suffering. Yeah. Um, but instead, what I had said to him was, if you can keep putting yourself out there like that, then I can take myself to the next level and enter into a competition with my hobby, turn it into you know a competitive sport rather than just being a gym rat. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so that's what I did. Um, I had been, you know, an active athlete in my own right, in my own mind, <laughs> um, for, a, you know, a decade prior, people always thought I competed, but I decided that, you know what, that last bit of shyness that I held on to from childhood, fear of competition, it was time for me to take that challenge on. And I have to say that any time, and this is for your listeners, you know, if, if they get nothing else from, from what I have to say, mm. I hope they take this away, that the one thing, if you could discover the one thing that you've left as a challenge yet to overcome, that is the one personal development challenge that will open up tons of doors for you to walk through. Um, professionally and personally. And in fact, that's what happened. You know, I, yes, I did well in my first year of bodybuilding competition in New York City. That's great. Even if I didn't do well, however, yeah. the experience of getting up on a stage in a very tiny suit. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And uh, with an audience full of people with my knees knocking like you wouldn't believe and having to, you know, stand there and be judged. Yeah. Um, I developed a whole new sense of self and confidence and and realized through the process of getting there and then started interviewing other athletes in bodybuilding and then in other sports and developed it, it just it, my world expanded globally over the next at this point it's five years yeah. um, and the mental fitness coaching program emerged from that so let's let's go back a little bit there when you were saying about preparing for this competition and and how much it goes into it uh you know being at 47 how do you decide what your workout regimen is how do you get ready for these these bodybuilding competitions because i i believe that the crowd's much younger right for for these competitions that you're going into or the competition that you yeah, went into yeah yeah and i and i can i can tell you that i beat people half my age thank you very much <laughs> congrats, congrats and i still do i'm still going to compete this year and i still will um, and you know, I say that, yes, it's a feather in my cap. Um, that said, you know, again, going back to, you know, how do you, how do you as an entrepreneur develop yourself and whatever business you might yeah. want to have? Um, it's not just about what you know and uh, personally, but it's about who you know and what they know. And so having humility enough to ask another expert is is very important in different parts of our development. So I had a great, I started with just some smart people in the gym who'd been competing before telling me what to do. And, and I started with a posing coach um, because I didn't know how to pose on stage. Um, and so I had other people who that was their, that was their thing. That was their expertise and they guided me. Um, and then over the last few years, you know, I've had a couple of different coaches and excellent coaches for nutrition and fitness, uh, mostly nutrition because um, the fitness part of it, I learned how to 
access information on the internet that's valid and helpful rather than a lot of the BS that can be out there. And it's, it's, um, people are susceptible to just believing what they see and with, yeah. they, don't, they don't know any better. But I think that, you know, the part that I brought to it was what I do in my mental fitness coaching with my clients is the mindset. You know, the I was willing to get expert advice on nutrition and fitness from the right person for me. And mm-hmm. yeah, but, but I also had to have the mindset, which I, you know, the, what I call the two C's of success are clarity and conviction. Clarity, clarity, uh, because like without that. clarity of your goal and conviction towards your goal. Yeah. have the success and so let's talk about mental fitness coaching the program of the company diamond development what does that entail and how did you come so this is post the competition stage right that you decided to go into making this program for this company correct yes okay this was the blending of my athletic pursuit and work with athletes for about a year, you know, where I, I did coach, mindset coaching because my, my clinical expertise is around motivation enhancement and um, very practical and strategic ways to manage disruptive behaviors with addiction, et cetera, things that disrupt your pathway to your goals. So I transferred it over into working with athletes and then I I created this package of it's a it's a coaching model, you know, like a life coaching model, okay. except dif- different than life coaching. It is, you know, it uses a lot of my own terminology to help. That is very easy for people to understand, and it's grounded in evidence-based clinical theory. So it's not just um, it's too easy to be a life coach these days and hang a shingle after you know two weeks of taking a life coaching class. So there's, there's dangers in in that. Um, yeah. So after about a year of working with athletes of different kinds and really fine tuning, um, a coaching program that consists of different techniques to shift your mindset and then adjust your behaviors accordingly, because it's, it's all about being congruent with action matching up with intention. And you said something there that I, I really want to, you know, delve a little bit deeper on. You said you had to fine tune it. You know, did that take a lot of trial and error with people being okay with understanding that you were pivoting on certain things that you wanted to see if that would be better for this mental fitness coaching, or because of your networking skills and people knowing you from the pro card and in the past, they were willing to work with you and kind of take that journey of that year to figure out what you wanted to do with mental mental fitness coaching. Well, let's let me be clear, you know, and, and again, I'm not saying this in an arrogant way, but because I've had decades of clinical experience, I've never had a trial and error with a client okay. that that created an error for the client's success. Gotcha. Unless okay. they want so what it really means is that the, the fine tuning means that and I'm still doing this today, I'm discovering new mental technology language that has greater impact for people as I work with more and more and more people, both individually and at the corporate level, you know, I learn more from my clients too. And then I bring that to my, my newer clients. Um, 
so that's how it evolves is, you know, it's a constant, there's an organic process to anything that we do mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs. There's a healthy risk that you have to be willing to take and you have to be ready to, to uh, accept that there's no finite end, you know, there's no ending to, to, you know, this is it, this is my product yeah. because then it'll become obsolete. So just to pick on what you just said there about your credentials and being uh, knowing this field so well, you know, a lot of people that I talk to um, uh, about fitness would argue things like platforms like Instagram are great places for people to advertise their programs. But at the same time, uh, the credentials um, are not as, you know, as great as yours or it's more of just what they see in the big picture how do you feel about uh potential um, just people who want to get into the fitness world they decide to do that by basing a person's credentials on the photo that they take on these platforms like instagram okay so first let me just oops back on that okay i gotcha Uh, go ahead let me just remind you that you know i don't do any kind of fitness coaching that's oh, not my area oh. of expertise. I do mental fitness, fitness coaching, which of is course. about mind strengthening your mindset. Of course, of course. So when people are interested in in finding a trainer or going into the fitness world, and they, please know it's it's like any other product out there. If you don't do your homework and know the difference between quality product and crap, you're gonna you have just as much chance just because they have an IFBB Pro card or you know they. Um, again, hang a life coaching shingle doesn't mean they're equipped to help you with your personal needs because bodies are different. You know, there's some generalities, but your body might function differently depending on the stage of life you're in or any health issues you might have, et cetera, et cetera. And not all trainers, not all coaches, not all teachers, not all doctors are created equal. Of course, of course. Makes completely sense there. So with Diamond Development in the mental fitness coaching, where do you see it going, um, you know, five to 10 years from now? Where do you want to do with your company and your current program and what things that are you looking forward to do with it, with the company? You know, this is a very exciting time for me. And I think that you may have even found me during this kind of little explosion I've had over the last month or so um, on LinkedIn. And, you know, so one of... One of the things that's happening is that August 1st, my first mental fitness mini book is coming out, which is a preemptive book. It gives the foundation the five five basic steps, core concepts. For success, for, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it preempts the arrival, the release of the mental fitness comprehensive workbook in September. So then I have a third book that's going to be coming out in the winter, which is mental fitness that focuses on, on healthy relationship specifically. Um, so the bottom line is this with, you know, some, some level of going viral, not really, but you know, on LinkedIn, a lot of attention for, uh, some things that were posted. Um, I've, had this windfall of opportunity that again, and this is what happens. You take a healthy risk, you put yourself out there and the doors start to open and you decide which ones to walk through. So currently I'm walking through, um, some great opportunities 
internationally and in other states. And I'm in Connecticut, so in Florida and in Ohio and joint, you know, there's different companies that want to bring mental fitness coaching into um, their realm of services that they offer nationally. And so the, the, the expansion, I've gotten offers to develop curriculum in Saudi Arabia, which wow. I declined awesome. because I don't want to travel there right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know, all kinds of interesting things. So where do I want it to be in five years? Yeah. Here's something different. You're, this is not going to be a typical response that you, you get from business people. Um, I have never in my life had more than a one-year plan. And even with the one-year plan, I, I operationalize what I call flexible discipline, which is a mental fitness coaching tenet. Um, flexible discipline means that I know the direction I want to go in. And yet I am very aware that life happens on life's terms and I know how to create a detour that'll still get me to where I want to go. So five-year plan, I'm not even going to pretend I have one except that I'm going to be sitting on a beach somewhere. Um, So you're very engaged in the present then very, what is now in the next 12 months, right? Yeah. Okay. I like that. Because the doors are going to keep opening, and yeah. I'm not going to marry one, you know, venue. So yeah. that makes sense. I, I really, I think that's something that any listener, that like you said, it is different uh, to to focus on now and in, in the present ten months. Because, as you said, with the explosion of what's have how you've been marketing your upcoming things, uh, you never know what's going to happen. So just going back to the workbook and the the five steps that's coming up soon here, you said in uh, August, this, the smaller version, right? The smaller workbook. Yeah. Okay. What What's going to be in there? Can you talk about a little bit of that and what sure. the five steps are and everything? Well, I can tell you um, in general, and you can go to um, my LinkedIn page. You can go to my mental fitness coaching page on Facebook and my website to find out more. Um this introductory book, it's it's not a big one, but it packs a lot of punch in a short amount of words, a few amount of words. Um, so it gives you some of the core components, such as clarity and conviction, you know, and it gives you strategies for how to become clear. So I teach people how to create their personal mission statement and how to use a personal mission statement each day in order to stay focused and congruent with behaviors matching their intentions. Um, I teach them, as I mentioned a moment ago, about flexible discipline, just, you know, how to live life on life's terms while staying true to yourself and your goals, Um, how to handle the if it's a fitness goal and you're trying to lose weight, how to handle the fact that, you know, there's a barbecue coming up over the weekend, you know, and you don't want to miss out yeah. because, you know, what most people do is they fall off the wagon. And so flexible discipline is around, you know, how to not get derailed by life on life's terms. So it gives you techniques on how to, or suggestions for how to manage your life with flexible discipline. Um, it talks about barrier breakthroughs and it gives you some tips and tricks for how to uncover those mental, um, interferences, those cognitive beliefs that you have about yourself and the world around you that interfere with you taking steps towards your goals. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And And 
Go ahead. Thanks. Go ahead. No, I, I would. I was going to ask you um, in developing um, this uh, book, um, Mental Fitness. Um, how how's the writing process for you? Like, just is it something that did it just flow? You know, for you just over a couple of weeks. Like, how long did it take you to develop this book? Because you have so much knowledge over a whole span of time, right? right? So it's to put that into a book. I, I just can't imagine how hard that can be. Well, except for this, um, again, it goes back to, and I'm being very consistent for you because that's how I live my life consistently. Mm. Um, I know my internal resources and I've developed amazing external resources. And that's part of all, you know, another part of this mini guide includes how to, you know, understand what those resources internally and externally are. Um, but you know, I have lots of friends and I have several, as my go-tos, I talk about a go-to team okay. um, who are best-selling authors themselves. I have, uh, I have people who are way smarter than me in the different arenas that I don't have all the knowledge already myself. Um, I can tell you that this book, one of the the other thing that you know that I've been consistent with here in this interview is is letting you know that the most important and powerful way to be successful is to be authentic. And so I write in, in the same way that I speak with people. Gotcha. Um, and so it's super easy for me. Bottom line is that it took me about three days to write the mini guide. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, the, the comprehensive book is taking longer. Of and course. it's going to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course. But, but, that, but that blends what you just said about your character and who you are consistent being consistent also authentic knowing who you are already really helped you and lend you to write the workbook here right right so that's perfect and then the other book um i don't know if you mentioned this but we're, we're going to bring it up uh, the success playbook for athletes oh yeah uh, uh, when's when's that time frame of it coming out and talk about that writing with other uh, olympic athletes uh, and things like that <clears throat> so you know actually I'm not in charge of that project. I've just been honored to be included in that project. Okay. So Christopher Cumby, and you know, I'm so glad that you asked me about him. He's an amazing man and endorsed by Brian Tracy, if you're familiar with Brian Tracy. Mm -hmm. um, his first book just came out, Success Playbook. He just had the launch last week, and he's on fire with it. Um, he organized this Success Playbook for Athletes, and it's attached to – a really wonderful um, fundraising project to the uh, some of the proceeds from the book go to developing athletic opportunities in the inner cities of the United States. Oh. Um, so he organized this book with you know fifteen pro and Olympic level athletes from all different sports, and the common thread is that we each have different motivational, inspirational stories, both on the field and off the field. And I've had the privilege of, even last night, I have to say, and again, here we go, networking, building your community. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of, you know, entrepreneurs cannot operate in isolation. That's not the way, that's not being an entrepreneur. It's about connecting, networking, building community. Um, and that's where your power comes from. So, I've been blessed with being part of this book, and even last night, I don't know if you're familiar with Anthony Trucks, he'd be a great person for you to interview, NFL, previous NFL player mm -hmm. who's an executive coach worldwide, 
has an incredible story of his own that he overcame adversity of the most heinous kinds as a kid, abuse of, of ridiculous magnitude um, uh, as a foster child, and came to a realization, long story short, is that he's developed a hugely successful life, not without pain, not without struggles, um, but he's very real in how he talks with his clients, and he's a great coach, business coach. He he gifted me and about 15 of my clients, young men who I work with who are... Uh, sorry about that. Um, that's fine. Who are um, overcoming addiction themselves. He met with us last night by Skype. Um, I'm moving away from the phone. <laughs> <laughs> He met with us last night by Skype and, and shared his inspirational stories with these young men, and they were just... I'm, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, but my point is this, that the book that's coming out is going to be chock full of various stories to tap into, you help people tap into their own level of motivation to make life happen. Hmm. Uh, and that should it. be out in the fall. That sounds wonderful. And I wanted to, you know ask you this you know people listening to this if they're interested in doing any type of thing with fitness mental fitness and or getting it into themselves um do you advocate the the part of where you went to school for it and learned it and was educated about it before you actually brought it to individuals or do you think you can be a practitioner and, and kind of grind it out and and you know still have the ability to be a leader in that industry with mental fitness? So that's a really, really important question to answer, I think, um, because one, again, this goes back to being authentic, right? Um, you can have incredible life experience and be a mentor and use your life experience as part of your coaching um, strategies but you have to be able to tell people where your limits are. Okay. Um, if you go into, it's really a pet peeve of mine, uh, the life coaching thing where, you know, there's really a dime a dozen. And this goes for business coaches too. Um, and those are, who are, those consumers of coaches really need to know whether it's a fitness coach or you know, a mental fitness coach or a life coach or a business coach, you have to know what questions to ask because okay. you don't want somebody who went to Tony Robbins class for a week and is so excited about what they learned that they're going to, you know, just give it to you because that what, what inspired them, what tapped into them may not be what you need. And they don't, they may open up Pandora's, Pandora's box and not know what to do with what's inside. Gotcha. So you, you do advocate, you know, knowing your limits, at least, you know, knowing how far you can go with. And uh, communicating your limits. You communicating, can, you know, okay. You can know them, that's fine. But if you don't tell your, your audience <laughs> what your limits are, that's um, <laughs> That's foul. a problem. Yeah, that's a big problem. There's a lawsuit there. <laughs> <laughs> and since we're going to a lawsuit, this is a perfect time to ask, what advice would you put out? And I know you said authenticity and also being consistent, but what else do you feel that an entrepreneur or someone in interested in your field uh needs to know if they were starting today um 
wanting to do mental fitness coaching or just generally how's the grind of being an entrepreneur? Yeah, so to be an entrepreneur and, and remember I'm in the mental health field, right? I'm not, I didn't ever went to a business school in my life. I never took a business course in my life. So what makes me an entrepreneur um, is not that, you know, I understand business dynamics so well, except that I understand human dynamics so well. Mm -hmm. um, so what I would recommend that, you know, if you're, in, and I get this all the time from CEOs of companies, large companies, successful companies, yeah. um, they hire me because they, yeah, they went to business school and they know how to crunch numbers and they know how to build a business with a product and sell it. Yeah. But if you don't know human dynamics, you're going to miss a large market. So mm -hmm. my recommendation to anybody who's an entrepreneur is to make sure they do enough studying of relationship and communication. Okay. I like that. To study relationship and communication to make sure they don't miss that human dynamic. Got yeah. it. And, and, and they know how to reach their audience better because, you know, that's you know, you can have a great idea, but that would make you an inventor, not not an entrepreneur. And, you know, just to, I just want to uh, pick up on that a little bit. You, you said corporate engagements, right? When you go to their these events where, you know, companies ask you to come speak to them, are you surprised that they're missing out on this human dynamic that's so important? Or is it more of like, oh, this is why I'm here. That's why you need me. Well, they're not necessarily missing out. But okay. They, they certainly um, don't have everything they need. Gotcha. Um, to be most effective. And so, and this happens a lot with hospitals, which is a, you know, a human centered organization, right? I mean, they're there to take care of people, but it's still the business side of it. And even the way doctors and nurses work together, um, you know, there's, there's burnout that happens that interferes with effective communication there in, in any field. There's, uh, Differences in personalities because different people come into the mix who have different skill sets, but their personalities might not. Um, and so anytime, if you really want to, whether you're trying to sell something yeah. to an audience or you're trying to build a company with a lot of people, being an entrepreneur means that you understand how to build connection. Build connection. I love that. So... To end on that note, how can they get connected with you? Where can they find more information about you? Where can they, if they want to hire you, where can they go? Um, yeah, what's your website and everything? Sure. Uh, my website is avadiamondlcsw.com. Gotcha. And, and go ahead. <clears throat> my email address, the easiest one to remember is mentalfitnesscoaching at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Perfect. Yep. Well, Miss Ava Diamond, thank you for being a guest on the USF podcast. It's been a pleasure. I know I've learned a lot. I know my listeners have learned a lot. And uh, we'll be uh, seeing you next week. Fantastic. Thank you so much. You have just listened to another episode of the USF podcast. Find out more at www.universalstudentfund.org and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Universal Student Fund. 